0: in the- By the good people at the Belly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. Killer. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history, protect number us from, one, from, from the central, central university. university. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 305 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P, and sitting right across from me is the Brown Recluse Mr. Art Trail. Art, say hello to the millions.
1: The millions. What the heck is going on, guys? Guys, go to kmancoffee.com, check out kmancoffee.com. <laughs> uh, they got coffee beans, they got hibiscus tea, they got cacao butter, they got everything your heart desires to wake your ass up. Wake your ass up. Um, and uh, check it all out. Use promo code America to see 15% off. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. It's starting to get, at least here, even though it's been like super wet here, it's starting to get kind of warm. It was kind of hot and muggy yesterday. Even it, though was it
0: was weird, right? I was doing yard work, and it was hot as shit. Yeah, dude. And then all of a sudden it started pouring. Like we were like in that scene in Forrest Gump. Like we were like, there was rain coming from everywhere. Like big rain, little rain. Right, they even seem to come up from the bottom over, right? And I was like, How is this? I like, like there's like it was like hot as shit earlier and then, and then we had like this monsoon. So yeah. it's the end of time, guys. That's it, basically it, what I'm trying to say. It
1: was very Hawaii-ish weather, to be honest with you. But I I thought it was cool, but uh anyways guys, it's starting to get warmer, so uh check out their entire they got shirts, they got hats to keep the sun out of your eyes. Use promo code America to receive fifteen percent off. Guys, KManCoffee.com. Again, promo code AMERICA to receive 15% off. Tom, Art Jacob sent you. Yes.
0: So, uh, speaking of sponsors, guys, I need everyone to head on over to SucroApparel.com. We're the great... And powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch has put together an illustrious array of merchandise for your consumption pleasure. So uh, check out our website, just like K-Fan Coffee. Uh, find everything that you want, love, and desire. And perhaps maybe forward that to somebody that you also love, want, or desire. Uh, makes a great gift. Uh, she has she designs everything herself. Uh, she has shirts, uh, hats, satchels, all sorts of things with... Uh, her uh, illustrations that she has designed uh, Buy everything that you want. Uh, but before you hit checkout guys, I need everyone to enter promo code art and Jacob and Nicole will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But art, we're not here to talk about Hawaiian weather in Bakersfield or the great and powerful Nicole making illustrious array of
1: merchandise. Got art. What are we here to talk about? Guys, we're here to talk about an artist, musician, musician, Connie Converse. I wore my Converse today. Oh, nice. Not Feel on the per- not on purpose, dude. Not no? on purpose. I uh, literally just realized right now I was like I was like what are the odds? What are They're the white as odds? well. Yeah, they're white. <laughs> they're they used to be white. Now they're kind of like yeah, you know, off white. Yeah. yeah. That's cool uh, man, with the kids. Off white. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what? I I had heard I listened to this is maybe about 2 years ago. I heard a podcast about Connie Converse and I was like I was like, dang, that was a really good story. Like that, not not I. I wouldn't say makes a good documentary, but like makes like a good fucking movie. Like I was like, this mm. is something like out of a movie. Like directed it, by Ron Howard. Yeah, this is this is some crazy or like Alan a, Academy Award winning like. Somehow has Hathaway <laughs> as Connie Converse. Like yeah. you know, I'm just kind of you know. Casting, you know, somehow Tom Hanks makes it in there. Tom Hanks plays her old her brother, but like older, you know, when he's retelling her story or whatever. Oh, narrates it. Narrating, and then Connie would always say, you know, it's kind of a cool story because the term "ahead of its time" is like thrown away. Like people say, oh, this, you know, fucking. Metallica ahead of his time. It's just like, well, yeah, but, you know, pretty much fit its time perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like, there are things that you could say, like, fit its time perfectly, and, and, you know, not ahead of its time. Prince ahead of its time for sure. Correct. But like, she was ahead of her time. Like, she would fit in, if she was in today's music industry, like, it would just be like, oh, it would just be another girl doing what she does, and Uh like, nothing really special about it, because, she was so far ahead of her time. But if you, That was the tragedy of her story. That is the, total tragedy every story but you, if you rewind the clock you know 60 years she was n- nobody was like her like she really was on, on on her own planet doing her own thing like just nobody was doing that I, I even, there's even like little moments and we'll get into that later on where like you know like things like her sexuality was always questioned and mm-hmm. things like that and it was just like even that was like super ahead of it's time like it was just mm-hmm. like damn like Nobody was doing what she was doing, you know. Musically, she was, you know, not. It wasn't like she was doing like Nine Inch Nails shit or something like that. <laughs> like it wasn't like that mind blowing. But it was even like musically, lyrically, it was like this melancholy, like just weird, like folk music that was that was kind of ahead of its time too. Because like that's something that kind of becomes a little bit pop- more popular in like the late '90s, early mm. 2000s hence why refining her like when her music resurfaces it like hits at the perfect time because I think that was the that like new folk revival that was happening around that time period with like artists like the like bright eyes and like you know all of those like young folk artists that were coming up around that time period and people finding her music at that time was just perfect timing because now yeah. she fits in with this group group of people like she yeah. wouldn't be that like and it organically
0: fits. It's not like that it got retrofit to be like, Oh no, this is the precursor to that. I know last week we did goth music and then yeah. like I like when I was looking at all the documentaries, it's like, Oh, this, this music, uh, uh, like Alice Cooper, like they were trying to retrofit that to goth and I was like, I don't really see Alice Cooper as like goth. Like he did Spooky shit, but I don't yeah. think that like.
1: I'm 18 and I like it. Yeah. It's like, 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 oh,
0: come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good impression. <laughs> but like, I think it, it's like trying to fit like the circle into the square peg. Whereas like Connie Converse, you, you, what you're talking about also too is like the singer songwriter genre, right? Yeah. She essentially invented it without intentionally trying to do it, right? Yeah. And it's not like singer songwriters of the era, like we're talking about the 2004 era, right? It's not like they're saying like, well, technically she did invent it when it doesn't sound anything. It sounds like Alice Cooper trying to be goth or whatever, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, no, no, this genuinely in its own vacuum was a singer-songwriter genre-esque artist yeah. making music unintentionally that that had its own uh, movement in the 60s, in the 70s, and then later on in the 2000s. Yeah,
1: it's kind of weird because like, there's a point where, like, she's already doing this, like, for, for a little while. And then, like, Bob Dylan shows up to, like, Greenwich Village and <laughs> is, like, starts doing that. And it's, like, but Bob Dylan gets, like, all the fucking praise and everything like uh-huh. that. But, like, you know, she had been doing that. Like, that was, like, her in whole. Greenwich Village, yeah. yeah. and this is, like, she's been doing the whole, like, folk artist in Greenwich Village, like, smoking and drinking. Like, very Bukowski style lifestyle mm. where it's, like. I, I dig it, so anyways, I thought it was a story worth telling, and, and and then it gets kind of, you know, down more of our road, because things get mysterious down the line, too. Mm. But anyways, I'd like to start with uh with going to a little bit of the, of the future, starting in the more present time. Quentin Tarantino, I, this a shit, A little baby. bit of a younger version of myself here. I didn't hear this at this time period, but in 2004, this is when... Also, I thought it was very interesting that the person that kind of helps the entire world rediscover it is the fucking cartoon artist from Popeye. (laughs) 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 So apparently, you know, he was in that that age. Yeah, so Gene basically shows up to a radio station, uh, WNYC Radio, and they're basically spinning some classics, and he shows
0: up. Literally on a show called Spinning on Air.
1: Yeah, and and basically, his is... The recordings he has of her aren't even like vinyls; they're like reel to reel things. That like you know, very the the, the only image I have of reel to reels are like in in uh, Pulp Fiction, where she shows up and she starts playing like a song on a reel. Yeah, that song, and he has it on a reel to reel. And I'm like, dude, that's so bad. Like to own reel to reel, that's like pimp level shit. Like yeah. Quentin Tarantino, I'm sure has reel to reel at his house because like he understands. Oh, I 100 percent think he does. Yeah, yeah oh, definitely. So, yeah, that girl, boom, 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 boom. you'll be a woman soon. Anyway, so anyways. So he They're shows, doing like, that at WNYC. Yeah. So yeah. he's like, check this shit out. He plays it for 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 the radio station, and it pretty much, like, right away blows up. Like She has a very unique voice. Mm-hmm. She has a very unique sound, and it's like, uh, we've never heard of this person before. like yeah. what, what how did we never hear about this? And then uh, you know, that's basically the start of of her her fame, I guess. Mm-hmm. The song one by one kind of blows up the radio station and people are asking like to hear more and more from Connie Converse only to realize that there's very little, as mm-hmm. far as at, at this point, there's very little of her music out there. Yeah,
0: and it's so much, in fact, that like two listeners, uh, they they were trying to track down more music by her, and they were only able to find it from two sources, obviously from Gene uh, Deutsch. and I'm probably mispronouncing that name, so I apologize uh, to all our German. I or... think that's perfect. I wasn't even going to try that. Oh, okay, cool. Gene <laughs> <Jean Deusch>. Uh <laughs> God bless Rompstein yeah. for helping me with my German. I was
1: going to call him the Popeye guy the whole time. <laughs> Drew Popeye guys.
0: That's the difference you get when you got talk about art and Jacob. But anyways, uh Gene Deutsch. Uh he uh, he had some uh recordings from her because he was actually the person that did record her uh when she was doing the music on his uh recording device, on the on the reel to reel or whatever. Uh but then also too, there was a filing cabinet uh that her brother Philip had where she had this um meticulous it was like the Dewey Decimal System, like in her, her filing cabinet, where she had like all of her like old letters, uh, but a lot of her old music and whatnot. So, two listeners were able to track down uh, the music from the filing cabinet that Philip had, as well as some of the recordings that David Deutsch had as well. Uh, and then later on, in March of two thousand nine, an album comes out called "How Sad, How Lovely" uh, with seventeen tracks that were released, uh, obviously remastered, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then at the same time, a one-hour special on spinning the air uh was released and was about you know the life kind of like a radio documentary yeah. about her life and her music and later on her disappearance which we'll get into uh but reviews credit her as the earliest performer of the singer songwriter genre because like art was saying uh, before that like you had like simon and garfunkel and bob dylan and then later on it's like carly simon and like all those like You've got a friend. Like all those like shit yeah. that you're my mom. I know my mom listened to and yeah. shit, right? Um, <laughs> uh, but like she was an earlier example because she did all of this in the 1950s before all of that was popping. When everyone was talking about rock and Robin, tweet, shoot, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and we're not talking about the cool as Michael Jackson Five version of it either. Yeah. Like, we're talking about like the the fat, overweight guy with like the curly, cute pigtail on his forehead nice. and shit doing it. <laughs> Watch the YouTube for that picture. But anyways, um, yeah, like I was saying, like independently in a vacuum, she unintentionally created a whole genre that would blow up after she stopped doing music, mm-hmm. and then later in nineteen 19- or nineteen seventy in twenty seventeen. Another album uh, is released called "Vanity of Vanities," where new recordings of her music. So it is like the same music that she had uh, before, uh, but new recordings of her music by current artists such as Mike Patton, art's favorite uh, artist Mike Mike Patton, Patton, Karen O. O. This is
1: really when I when I like discover some of her music, and then I still had no idea. Like I was just like, "Oh, this is cool." These like these are artists that I like. Mm. But it wasn't until like I I heard that podcast later on. But so this is to me like to me this is kind of where the story starts where it's like Mm -hmm. you have this new generation like rediscovering her music and all these like people that are like holy shit she made fantastic music. So they start kind of like re-recording her music and doing all these like little Mm -hmm. collaborations and tributes to her and it's like. Pretty, pretty impressive for an artist that it's very tough to find any of her music. Correct, yeah. It'd be like me doing like the shit that I did like in my
0: bedroom in two thousand three, like when I was learning how to play guitar. Like that shit, like being rediscovered and like Jacob unintentionally recreated a new music genre. And yeah, that yeah. Whatever, right. And and I haven't even played guitar like in like or made music, I should say, mm-hmm. in fucking like fifteen Just- years or whatever. Did you hear
1: his guitar playing? It was unlike anything else. I yeah. assume like the British have <laughs> taken over the world at this point. But, yeah, AI. Yeah. It's I'm kind the of the basis for all AI metal. I, I almost guarantee you this is what's gonna. This will happen at some point because right now this we're at a we're in a time period where so much music. It's so easy to record music. Like all mm-hmm. these like you know bedroom musicians, they're just recording tons of music or podcasters or whatever it may be. Like somebody's doing something that's, like, so far ahead of its time. It's, like, 60 years ahead of its time it's right now. It's being ignored. Yeah, and it's just, like, it's just not time for it. But I'm sure, like, 60 years from now when this is all, like, archived or whatever and you can find it all online, you know, what's that one, like, SoundCloud or whatever? Like, you'll you'll find it on SoundCloud and be like, oh, shit, you know, like, you know, Connie
0: Commerce is on SoundCloud or whatever, <laughs> you know,
1: the new version of that. It's it's, it's going to happen. Like, it's, it's bound to happen. The odds are against it if, if you don't believe that. Uh, to quote the
0: great and late Dusty Rhodes, uh, who was talking to a young Brian Danielson, the cream always rather to the top, baby. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, okay. I know you don't know who that is, but I, I know don't Comfort know how Kelly does. But, anyways, shout out to all our wrestling fans. I know uh, I know who do- Dusty Rhodes is from just wrestling talk, but that's really about it. Uh, okay, yeah. But, anyways,
1: uh, do you want to get into the early life of Connor yeah, let me uh, scroll my notes down. Because, originally, I didn't want to start with the... Uh, that but uh, but then I was like, it's more fitting if we tell you why it's like
0: important, important, yeah.
1: So, anyways, Connie Converse
0: was actually born Elizabeth Converse, uh, in Laconia, New Hampshire, August 3rd of 1924. So, if she's still alive at this present juncture, she would be 99 years old. And mm-hmm. mind you, and I'm going off of the documentary We Lived Alone, and I can't confirm or deny this because. I don't know is how. it a
1: good documentary cuz I found a documentary on YouTube and it was really shitty and I was like Oh there's a lot of shitty ones
0: but this one I think we lived alone was was decent. Is it like on Netflix or something like is it more production value? Uh there's more production value but I, I watched it on YouTube. I don't know if it's on Netflix. Okay cuz right.
1: I watched one with I started watching one with my girlfriend my girlfriend told me to turn it off cuz the sound <laughs> quality was so bad. <laughs> no no this <laughs> one had a pretty good one right. Uh,
0: but anyways uh, she would be 99 years old and then in that documentary they said her social security number has not been flagged as deceased. <laughs> now, mind you guys, uh, I can't confirm or deny that because that's not information that would be leaked to the public, but what we're just going to give the documentary as to do and be like, okay, so apparently she's out there in the world somewhere <laughs> at 99 years old. I
1: thought you were going to say she's so old that her social security number was one. No. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty bad joke, but that's yeah. what I thought we you were going with it. No, Min- uh, Art Mencia. Yeah. No, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. what it is. But, <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Check was- out my new special. It's Gringo Poppy, bro. <laughs> 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 Part
0: two. Part two. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, she was born in New Hampshire, but she was raised in Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, she was the middle child to strict Baptist uh, parents. Uh, her dad was a minister. Uh, And her mom was "quote unquote" musical, so Mm -hmm. uh, I saw
1: that too. Whatever that means, it probably means she was really good at music. But she was a woman, so she wasn't allowed to be better than men. Get your ass (laughs) in the kitchen and do them dishes, bitch. (laughs) Okay, so you're gonna have to stop playing that because you're playing better than all the men. (laughs) So just go. Why don't you go make a sandwich? (laughs) Like it's basically what that. You
0: know, she's she's much. playing the drums on the pot all the while yeah. trying to get like her creative juices flowing or whatever. Uh, but she did have an older brother and a younger brother that she was close with. Uh, in the documentary, the younger brother, Philip, uh, he described her as, you know, uh, very smart uh, and very caring. Like, you know, like when they would play, uh, they would play and have fun, but then she would always like teach him stuff, too, because mm-hmm. she was five years older. Uh, So she was a good teacher, very caring, very nurturing and whatnot. Uh, She was so smart, in fact, that she was valedictorian at her high school, won eight academic awards. And in the documentary as well, they said that they talked to family members and they said that she won so many awards her senior year that during the ceremony, people started to groan and her parents got embarrassed. Yeah. Because, like, her name just kept getting called so much, and they thought that the school could have done a better job in distributing the awards more evenly. So that's how, like, badass of a person that she was.
1: It's always weird when, like, you have to, like like, change the rules because somebody's so good. Like, she's, yeah. like, the Jordan of, like, like, it's just, like, all right, well, you know, we gotta change the, the yeah. criteria for MVP. You like, can't win MVP every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, oh, gotta oh, give Carl
0: Malone one time. We got sure.
1: There's a three-point line now. Or, like, you know, like, different <laughs> things like that. So, yeah, it's kind of bullshit, but yeah, I could see that. And her whole, whole family was smart. Like, you mentioned her brother, Philip. Philip becomes, like, a political scientist. Like, I guess he's, like... Dude, I had to Pretty look fight. that up,
0: dude. I, I know I... I I claim to be smart on this podcast but I was like what the fuck is a political scientist and I looked up and basically you're just a, a college professor.
1: Yeah, I think he gave a couple of politicians like advice but mm-hmm. I don't think it means anything more than that. <laughs> like it's just like I mean look at 2016 the people who were giving Trump advice. I yeah. mean it's not I mean Kind of genius, though. I mean, the oh, fact yeah. that it's like, go out there and hold the Bible and people will like that. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much it. It doesn't matter it. if it's right side up or upside down. It don't matter. Just for you, you want people, we need to make everyone a millionaire. It's like, oh, hell yeah, I can relate to that. Hell so that's, yeah, that's that kind of political. I, I think at that time you had to have a little more facts because like, people yeah. people didn't have like TikTok and. Instagram and everything that was just like, you know, the, the the switch flips every five seconds. Yeah. Back then people would actually sit down and read an entire newspaper she had that come with a little bit more of information than just like we gotta make sure everyone's gonna be a billionaire by two thousand twenty five. It's like okay, yeah. cool. But anyways, yeah, I mean they were both pretty smart people. Like that you know, they the fact that she's winning all this she wins a scholarship or doesn't win a scholarship, earns a scholarship. Correct. Earns a scholarship to um Mount
0: Holyoke. Mount, college in Massachusetts, which was a big deal because her mother and I believe aunt also attended that, mm-hmm. or grandmother, mother and grandmother, two, two, two other women in her family, uh, let's just say, uh, also attended that college, and she was expected to do great things from there.
1: Yeah, and pretty much goes there, doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. After two years, she basically says, I'm done here, Like, I'm just going to move to New York, which to me is like, this is the first. That's a bold fucking move. It's a bold fucking move because you're going from like small town America mm-hmm. to New York, the rising hub of artists, you know, like I don't want to say every, as I was doing like research for this, she reminded me so much of like Kirk Cobain. It wasn't even funny, dude, like Kirk Cobain, another dude that was like super ahead of his time and like all those moves of like this doesn't really satisfy me. Like she's not, it's not that she's not smart enough for school. It's just that this is just like I'm not enjoying this yeah. like not being fulfilled. Yeah, and possibly had undiagnosed depression, but that's the that's <laughs> yeah. another thing we'll we'll get there down the line, yeah. but she uh, she definitely has that like I'm not satisfied with what I'm doing in life. I want to do something a little bit more creative. Mm-hmm. Decides to move to New York, the big city, the bustling city. Basically goes there and is basically just working for a photo printing company for a while in New Correct. York City. She's not really doing anything too artistic, but she definitely ha- has a job, has her shit together, still has that structure. Her family was very structured and very like hardworking. So she still has that like backbone of I'm going to go there, I'm going to get a job, photo printing company, I'm going to work hard and kind of put my foot in the door in some different places because she moves around a lot. Yeah. she's in, She lives in Harlem, she lives in Hell's Kitchen, she moves to Greenwich, Greenwich Village, Village and Greenwich Village is really the one where it's like, okay, there's a little bit of like that bohemian lifestyle going on here coffee shop poetry and that sort of thing right
0: even harlem too i mean i mean all the great artists that from that time period
1: yeah even before during and after like that's that's a great creative hub yeah and i mean it definitely that's the thing that like really re-sparked re- her musical interest not that she was ever not a good musician but this I mean, how many how many musicians do you know from New Hampshire or Vermont? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. At least Bakersfield has corn,
1: corn, dude. Yeah, we're listening a and, lot of and, corn lately. And Buck Owens, yes. Yeah. But there is that Bakersfield sound. But over there, I mean, there's. You know, there's no New Hampshire sound, you know, like, Mm. you know. And if there is, we haven't heard it. All I know about them is like. They weren't on TRL. They have good clam chowder. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) if they're not on TRL, it don't matter, dude. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, basically, at this point, she realizes, hey, by the way, I'm not going to call myself Elizabeth anymore. I'm going to start going by Connie Mm. and Connie Converse, which kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit more, more, dude. It's a little bit more like. Connie Converse. Yeah, it's like, okay, let's do that. It's a little little David Bowie-ish, you know. It's like, all right. I don't even know what David Bowie's real name was anymore, but David Bowie is your. Or Elton John. I know Elton John changed his name as well. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. 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 <laughs> I thought that was his real name up until like six years ago, dude. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, wait, you're telling me his name is not Freddie Mercury? Yeah. You're telling me he's Indian? I didn't even know he was Indian, dude. I thought dude. he was a white man, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Like, it wasn't, I, I thought I, he was Mexican, dude. Really? I, I didn't. I, so when I was a kid, I didn't really understand that they were like dark-skinned people in like other parts of the world. I thought it was like, Mexico, you're dark. Every other place in the world is like white people. (laughs) What about Africa? It's like, oh, in Africa. It's like us in Africa. like (laughs) (laughs) everywhere else is like just white people. So when I saw he's like, you know, he's kind of dark skin, dark hair, thick mustache. I was like, He's one of us, dude. <laughs> Man, I thought
0: The Rock was Mexican for a long time too, because like when he first came out, he used to slick his hair back like like a cholo or whatever, yeah. like the Three Flowers look or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, that guy's that guy's obviously Mexican. He's Rocky <laughs> Rocky Martinez or whatever. Did, I,
1: the Rock, did you say he's like half black or something?
0: Half black, half Samoan. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember there was like a post once where like some wrestler said some like racist thing, and then they had like all these like like black. WWE wrestlers like surrounding that one, like the, the Oh action the action figure. figures. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had rock in there and I was like, the rock? What what the hell? Why did they like I didn't understand that? And I guess he's half black. I don't yeah, Whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, enough rock talk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah. Ahead of her time, changes her name, living in New York, living that lifestyle, basically starts performing music for her friends at this time period. And I assume her friends. They don't really go into much detail. Like I assume her friends are also living that like bohemian lifestyle where they're mm-hmm. at least writing poetry, smoking cigarettes, which is kind of a weird thing at this time period where like cigarettes and alcohol still coming off that taboo of like this was illegal not that long ago.
0: And what's so taboo about it and, and up until I watched that documentary, uh, her parents were strict Baptist, and her father was a former minister. But her father was, it kind of reminded me of like the guy, the, the villain in Footloose where it's like, this whole town does not dance kind of thing. Yeah. I guess her father was a part, like yeah. literally like that guy. Yeah, he was yeah. that guy. Like he was literally against any alcohol consumption period. I mean, I'm a person that doesn't drink, but that's like just a personal choice. But like, yeah. I'm not going to dictate toward that to you, but he was trying to bring back prohibition. And I'm probably, I'm assuming like some other racist shit too, but but he wanted to kill like (laughs) all all alcohol, like in general as well. So like for her to like move to the big city and start drinking and smoking was a big like slap to her dad's face. So much so that when her father found out, like he made it a point to never ever listen to any of her music.
1: Yeah. And till his death, he never heard it. So pretty, pretty sad thing. Yeah. He, he basically rejected her music career Never heard her music. Uh, at this point, she started to have some fans. So we'll fast forward to 1954. At this point, at this point, she's basically doing okay musically. People know the name in the area, and she gets her big break going on the morning show on CBS with Walter Cronkite. I thought that was sick. Yeah, dude. This, by the way, that was like Walter Cronkite before he was like Walter Cronkite. The, like, the, apparently, the Voice this, of America. Yeah, apparently, th- that was like his like like that was basically like his launching point. Yeah. His launching point. I was going to say, what's her name? Like Olivia LaVoice or whatever. Like, this is, this is when she was still working for Bakersfield. Like, Mm -hmm. like it was just like really small town, like not doing that well. Like, you know, the Jerry's pizza, like weekend show, whatever. So, I didn't. I didn't actually watch that video. I don't know if you watched that video I, for I performance. There's, I
0: guess there's no uh, r- footage from it because I guess oh, okay. yeah it either was destroyed or it got so old it disintegrated. Uh, but we mentioned Gene Deutsch uh, yeah. earlier. Uh, he was an animator for for Popeye. <laughs> yeah, the Popeye guy. Uh, but he but he <laughs> has being that though like you, you can't be a fucking animator for Popeye and not have some industry connections. But apparently he was the one that set up that. Uh, that uh appearance on the walter Cronkite, you know show. he
1: was dropping that too when he's like by the way i draw popeye and it's like <laughs> oh fuck dude that's like the biggest comic <laughs> in the world right now dude like <laughs> and like i don't know dude like you think of all those like hippie bohemian people in that area or whatever like i didn't think about it but like comics were like must have been like really like ahead of his time was like dude this guy draws comics like that shit is, like, I'm trying to think of, like, that'd be, like, graphic designer now. Like, mm-hmm. like dude, this guy's designing the new Zelda game, bro. <laughs> this guy is drawing Popeye. And like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, weird shit like that. It's, like, really, really, like, edgy, groundbreaking shit. Where, like, dude, yeah. that guy does a comic where the dude fucking eats spinach, spinach. and gets, like, really buff dude. That's a metaphor for... <laughs> just in his forearms, <laughs> though. <laughs> That's a metaphor for God, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, like it's kind of a wacky thing but good for him he 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 calls some people up says dude i'm the guy from popeye get this girl on tv like
0: yeah. she's good and i just want to put a pause here uh, about her music because i mean i i within a day like you know i researched a lot of this information and then i kind of sat for it for a couple days like thinking about all the ins and outs and nuances or whatever and i was like oh i really got to listen to like her music just like yeah. grab a hold of it and it's not music for me necessarily, but I can appreciate like the talent there. Like she is, she does have a fa- fantastic voice. And I was trying to like search for like something similar that I can compare it to, and it kind of feels like early like Disney movies, like you know, like those like five minute shorts where mm. you know you, you know go on Disney Plus, like the first you know animations or whatever, and it has like a lady singing very beautifully, kind of like Snow White, like just singing out like in the. Like one song actually is talking about like the mountains or whatever and like loneliness. So between the two mountains. Correct. Yeah. yeah, that reminded me of like something like that Snow White would sing or you know one of those Disney princesses. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Day, I just, I just watched Snow day. White last night. Was, oh damn. It, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I was getting a lot of those vibes. So if you want to know what she sounds like before you actually
1: listen to her, it's like early Disney. She, she kind of does have. So it's kind of weird to um to like to Can't like describe it. her voice because it's like. She has a deeper voice than I think most women singers at, at the time period. Like the women singers at the time period were meant to have like these very like feminine voices that were like singing back up for like early like Elvis movies and shit like that, like <laughs> post World War II type background singers or like, you know, like that was the role of like the woman singer back then, you yeah. know, or like the that feminine over the top, like.
0: And then he kissed me. Yeah, very, yeah. very
1: like crescendoy voices, and she shows up with the her voice just sounds sad. Like it sounds it sad. Really does. It It's it's slightly deeper than what it what How it sad is ever, and how lovely. Yeah. yeah, and and I was trying to think like I, even now I'm like trying to think like who kind of sounds like her. I mean, there's a couple of artists I guess that would come to mind like a Regina Spector, but even like um maybe Beth Nora Gibson. Jones. Yeah, Nora Jones, Beth Beth Gibson from Portishead. Like it has that vibe to it. But even that, that's kind of like super ahead of his time. Even like Nora Jones sings more of like kind of in a like old school jazzy way, but uh-huh. it's more of a throwback. Like she's throwing her style back to like a 1940s jazz style. Mm-hmm. But like this is more like a folk style and it's kind of like it's not jazzy where it's like in jazz the notes you don't sing are the ones that matter. <laughs> kind of This is like all the notes she sings matter because it's like kind of folky. It's kind of weird but like it's very it's, it's very good yeah. yeah it's very good i wouldn't even say like it's very like if you dig like the way david bowie sings she sings in that style where it's like it's kind of like yeah, I can not see that. not down like not it's not a constantly depressing it's not but it's like but it does have kind of a sadness to it's like up, everything yeah she's there's saying. sadness
0: within the upbeat cuz it is it's pretty upbeat mm-hmm. i mean it's not rock and robin but yeah. it, it it is unintentionally yeah there you can there is a sadness in there uh, uh, frustration in there and
1: and i know we i know we mentioned it but you know when she come kind of like gets rediscovered in 2004 and there's a like new folk revival of those artists that are coming up it fit in perfectly with with those artists like Mm -hmm. this is somebody that would be opening up for like a regina specter or a bright eyes or something like that where it's like that's pretty fucking dope like mm-hmm. that her music would work in that time period so um but yeah i don't know about the morning show with walter cronkite in 1954 it's a little bit ahead of that time but mm-hmm. um but she still gets on there dude which is yeah. pretty yeah, kudos impressive.
0: to her yeah yeah i i'm not on fucking yeah. i'm not on fucking uh the today show at all yeah. with this podcast but <laughs> I,
1: I also thought it was kind of cool so she records an album for her brother around this time period mm-hmm. and the album's called musics and I and it's like volume one, two, and three. Or one well, sorry, one, and, one two. and two, yeah. Which I thought was kind of like kind of cool. Like even the name sounds kinda of like that name, if you did that album today, it would be very like new metalish, like Disturb has a new album out called, called Music. Yeah. Yeah. It's like with a backwards K or some shit. <laughs> like But at that time period it like works perfectly. And the fact that it's that kind of music, it's like mm. kind of cool. Like it's you know, it's it's a it's a little bit like like, artsy-fartsy, but at the same time, like, not to the point where it's, like, disturbs volume, yeah, yeah, volume yeah. one and two, musics, <laughs> you know, I don't know. But I kind of dug that, that it was, that it was there.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then in 1961, uh, she moves to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, she's frustrated because she keeps, like you said, you know, she's ahead of her time. She's not riding rock and robin or rock around the clock or any of that, how much the doggy in the window is or whatnot. Uh-huh. Uh, she gets uh, fed up and it's funny because around this same time that's when Bob Dylan goes to Greenwich Village yeah. and blows up or whatever right so it, she she's always just kind of just misses her misses time. it yeah misses the big folk folk singer boom correct and then uh moves to Ann Arbor Michigan uh and gets a job with her brother at the University of Michigan who at this time he becomes a professor professor of political science uh works a secretary job and a writer uh and managing editor of a publication called the journal of conflict resolution and so about 1963 she does all this so it's a very consum consuming job mm-hmm. so this is what her brother says in the documentary like once she gets this job she kind of stops doing music altogether like the dream is done that's it it's time it's time to be a working woman now.
1: Mm-hmm. uh this is also around the time period that her mom you know what this is this is one of those things that i think that her family just didn't know how to deal with her depression. And, that, and it kind of becomes a little bit clearer and clearer that she was dealing with depression. Mm-hmm. She's still drinking. She's still smoking. And like, she's kind of still hiding it from her family. Her family's kind of like, it's that tuss, touchy subject kind of thing yeah. where it's like, they're a very religious family. And then they have this one daughter that's kind of forcing but, herself to become a workaholic and still drinking and smoking a lot.
0: And every picture that you see of her, like, she has, like, a cigarette in her hand. Like, she's, like, composing. Like, like And I think that's dope, too. Like, she's either got a guitar in her hand and a, a cigarette in her mouth, or, like, she's composing yeah. music, like, actually writing notes out. She's got, like, a drink in her hand and a cigarette in her mouth or whatever. Yeah. But, she, but again, like, her family is very, like, anti-against that, against that, but she's blatantly, you know, bucking them on that. Gets this job, you know, that's, you know, very heavily demanding. And then what happens that magazine gets sold at auction and it moves from Ann Arbor, Michigan to Yale. So her whole purpose in life kind of gets taken away from her. And then also at the same time, she's given this news that, Oh yeah, by the way, you have to have a complete hysterectomy. So any, any chances of you ever
1: having children gone. So I, I think that that was definitely the double whammy that like ruins her, like really emotionally ruins her. I think, you know the the her sexuality gets thrown out there is like oh she's a lesbian all, all this i think when like she was clearly dealing with a lot of depression i mm-hmm. think that it's possible that somebody could be that depressed that like that's the last thing that they want yeah not want but like can even like take on is like a relationship yeah, kind of thing. And then we're also thinking of a time period. Like in Bakersfield, like motherfuckers got to get married and have kids <laughs> by like 22. Yeah. If you're 25 and don't have kids or whatever, like. Dude, there's somebody that. Okay. So I'm going to choose my words clearly because I
0: want to help them, but they're two years younger than me. Right. So uh-huh. I just turned 38. Right. So they're two years at so 36, possibly 35. They're about to be a grand mother.
1: Oh my god, dude! That's Bakersfield
0: in a nutshell for you.
1: That's—I don't want to say that's gross, but that's fucking weird. Wild, dude. right? Yeah. Wild. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that, dude. Like, anyways, I got a three-year-old. <laughs> oh, anyways, um, yeah. So to be in this in this time era, right? This is like. Bakersfield level mentality times a million, where it's like, what? You're 25 and you don't have grandkids already? Like, <laughs> you know, like you have to be married with kids and yeah, a house must, and a picket fence. Like, you must be one of them lesbians. Yeah, it's like I think that that was the mentality where it's like some people just don't want that, mm-hmm. but I think she still wanted the option of like, hey, maybe one day I do want to have kids.
0: Yeah, because her brother said she was she loved children. Like she loved her nieces, her nephews. Her nephew actually makes an appearance on there. and He talks about the good relationship she had. Like they were playing board games and teaching them lessons. Like they were playing like some war game, mm-hmm. and she put all of her chips into Iceland because mm-hmm. she, wanted to, she, she wanted to show him, like, hey, like, con- conflict resolution. You don't always have to go to war to, you know, solve your problems and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So she had, like, that motherly instinct in her. And then so what if she was a lesbian? And then some another part of it why they thought that is because, like, whenever you asked her questions about her personal life, it was very curt. It was but, yes or no answers. Yeah, just straight up yes or no answers, which – I mean, it, it could work either way. Maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. You know, I know people who are straight who also—I've never seen them with, you know, you know, a significant other or whatever. You're, yeah. Maybe you're just bad with people. Maybe you're just socially awkward and
1: whatnot, right? Yeah. And shout this, out to our boy Eddie. Yeah, <laughs> he, he has a daughter. We don't know where she came from. <laughs> <laughs> she just showed up one day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, Eddie. There's a there's a child here. You keep saying she's your daughter, but we don't know. We never seen you with a woman. <laughs> He's gonna fight, you <laughs> know. Uh, I'm just kidding, dude. It's all love.
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna go in another direction. Oh but... my bad, dude. I yeah, didn't anyway. know he was into the podcast.
1: <laughs> he won't listen to this one. No, He'll no. skip the Connie yeah, episode yeah, yeah. It's not aliens.
0: <laughs> uh, <but laughs> so, anyways, she's in this depression. People can visibly see. She might have been depressed before uh but she's visibly depressed now and i thought this was really cool and i don't know how much money they were able to raise to do this uh but her friends and colleagues after you know the magazine folded and she got the unfortunate news about the hysterectomy uh pulled together some money for a 6 months trip to england
1: yeah yeah um that was pretty fucking nice of them to do yeah her her mom i don't is this what year is that 1972 okay because at this point in 1973, isn't that also when she goes to Alaska with her mom? Yeah, so she comes back from England.
0: I, it's not clear what what she did there in England, uh, but she wasn't very happy still. She was still, like, in her funk, still depressed or whatever. And like you said, in
1: 1973, her mom has the idea of, like, hey, let's let's go to Alaska. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that – isn't that, like, even to this day how we deal with, like, people with depression – yeah. Where it's just like, just fucking go out to the club, yeah. just go talk to, just hang out with some friends, and you'll forget about it. Yeah, and it's like the reality is like that's that's just fucking like burying the depression until mm-hmm. it like. And it kind shows of it was like later. the last
0: thing she wanted to do is like get stuck in a tube with her mom, who's going to judge her for drinking and yeah. smoking as well. So
1: yeah, apparently she had a shitty time on the Alaska trip. <laughs> yeah, and then a it, it was like, why Alaska? <laughs> you yeah. Know? I mean, it sounds cool. I mean, it's it's like a cool thing if you're into outdoorsy stuff. But yeah, I guess, yeah. Apparently, as soon as they get back from that Alaska trip, and she's all drained and like fucking like, I'm just ready for smoke and, and some gin and tonic. Yeah, she, at her Nas mo- Hennessy. Yeah, her mom's already like, okay, well, we need to plan another trip oh, to Alaska. God. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. At this point, this is kind of her breaking point. She's doing all these trips. She's not having a good time. She can't relate to her mom. She's basically just feeling older at this point. I I think she was already in her 50s at this point. Yeah, so by 1974, that's when she has her 50th birthday. Yeah, 1974 has her 50th birthday. Pretty much just writes a lot of letters to her friends and family saying, let me go, let me be if I can, let me be if I can't, or let me let me not be if I can't. And basically... That's a lot of what people, that's her farewell letter to her friends mm-hmm. and
0: family. Yeah, she says, human society society fascinates me and awes me and fills me with grief and joy. I just can't find my place to plug into. And she wrote that letter to her brother, Philip.
1: Yeah, and she basically packs up, takes off in her Volkswagen Beetle, mm-hmm. and she just dips. Mm-hmm. Mm-
0: and what I thought was interesting, too, is... And this kind of saddened me because it's like, oh, shit, Like, what do you do with this information? Uh, with that letter, she encloses a check uh, to her brother, Philip, to make sure that her health insurance is paid and in good standing for a certain amount of time period and gives him an exact date to stop paying that health insurance altogether, which is very morbid and very creepy.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's... um. And I guess this is where a lot, of, like, you know, the conspiracy theories and, like, the missing persons reports start kind of going wild because different people have different, different takes on, on the events. There was a time period where Philip gets a tip that there's a listing in a phone book uh, from someone that goes by Elizabeth Converse that lives in Kansas or Oklahoma, yeah. <laughs> apparently. He couldn't remember, yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was wild as well. One of those things. But, uh, he actually never looks into it. He's just like, I'm not going to, I'm if she wants to be alone, I'm going to respect that and let her be alone. And that's one of those things that's like, like I think her brother seems like a really nice, genuine person. Like he also seems very intelligent kind of ahead of his time where he's just like, you know what? Like I'm going to respect their choices. Like whatever lifestyle she clearly wants to be alone. She doesn't want me to show up. 10 years down the line and be like, yo, I'm back. Like, what's going on? Oh, you're a lesbian now? Like, you're, (laughs) oh, you're, I see you're reading Popeye. (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, whatever whatever it may be, like (laughs) he kind of disrespected it and said, no, I'm gonna just, gonna go ahead and not look into this. Uh, But 10 years later, so uh, about 1984,
0: uh, the family, they get curious, they haven't heard from her in uh, in 10 years, Uh, they hire a private investigator And the primary investigator, obviously, he takes their money and, you know, does his investigation. Uh, Doesn't really say whether or not he finds her, uh, but reports back that, you know, hey, it's not illegal and it's not against the law. You know, basically, she has the right to disappear. And even if I did find her, I couldn't force her to come back. Mm -hmm. And at this point, this is when the family as a whole just kind of stops. I don't want to say stops caring, but just stops looking into it and kind of just writes it off like, well, that's what she wanted to do again. We're going to be like Philip and just respect your wishes to be alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought the, the private investigator, he says something like, like if I find her, I might not even tell you where, where she is. If she like, doesn't want me to tell you. So why even do this or something like that? He says something kind of like that. Like, do you even want to do this? And I think that's when like, the family is kind of like their tipping point of like, yeah, maybe we're not, maybe we shouldn't. Worst case scenario, she's dead. Base case scenario, she doesn't want us in her life anymore. Which just sucks. Yeah. It's just, you know, I I just think, you know, I I think fast forward to today, right? Like we don't, we, we treat things like depression and like just mental health issues as if they're like (laughs) something you can just like, get over really quick like there's just like a magical pill and like hey, dude you, we'll you know, just go to pizza Hut, like, all right oh dude all you gotta do is go to hooters bro and like <laughs> you be right as rain bro and it's it's like the reality it's like a lot of times it's like a lifelong struggle that you have to just be okay with like fighting all the time mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I, I said that to someone once and they were like no no dude you be it's not what it is you just like magic like there's no um there's no epiphany that you just randomly hear or read or something and all of a sudden you're not depressed anymore kind of thing, you know? Like, there's no magic pill. I mean, even though, like, doctors can prescribe you a magic pill to numb you out type of thing. But that's where we are now with depression. But, like, I can only imagine, like, 1950s, idea, like, views of what depression is. It, it is like, let's just go on a trip to Alaska. Like, yeah. let's just, you're just sad. Like, you're just sad because of the... Hysterectomy kind of thing, you know. It's yeah. just like, like, which is a really sad thing. Like, I can only imagine. Like, that's a pretty life changing operation. Um, so I can only imagine how how something like that can can make depression worse when everyone's just telling you cheer up, like, yeah, like you'll be fine. Just read some of these Popeye comics, <laughs> like, you know. I, I I don't know. It's Just we're still not there yet, and we definitely weren't there yet in the nineteen fifties. Correct, and then Philip kind of suspects, as well as you know, the
0: nephew, uh, that she probably like that when she after she wrote that letter, uh, she probably committed suicide by you know driving into a body of water. Uh, probably, I don't know how he came to the conclusion. I thought that,
1: that was oddly specific that she drives her her B M her, her B M W her Volkswagen Beetle into a body of water. And he even gave like location, probably in like
0: North or South Dakota. And I was like, ah, oh, was pretty specific, which leads me to believe he might know more than what he's uh, alluding or giving us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, he, but it's unknown. He just suspects that. And then the whole facade of her, you know, having her health insurance paid up kind of like gives this fake narrative that, Oh, she's been alive for this period of time. And then it just stops because mm-hmm. people will stop caring after a certain amount of time or whatever. Right. So, I mean, it, it may, it's possible, uh, but that documentary does point out that her social security number has not been marked as deceased. I wonder how they got that information because that's stuff that you're not supposed to have out there. Uh, but if she is alive, she would be 99 years old now. Uh, like Art said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, in 2004, Gene Diet goes to, N- to New York City because he's invited by music historian David Garland to be on his show, uh, Spinning on the Air. And then the story unfolds from there. You know, you go on Apple Music now. You go to Spotify if you're a piece of shit that uses Spotify. (laughs) Yeah. If you like low quality sounding music. Yeah, you go on Spotify. Uh, All of her stuff's available. (laughs) I mean, it's all over YouTube. Uh, There's countless podcasts that cover this and they'll inject her music and whatnot. And um, you got to think, you got to think, you got to hope that if she is alive that at least that message has been relayed to her, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, depression or no depression and whatnot, right? That, oh, okay, what I did in the 50s helped spawn a whole genre of
1: music. Like, that's at least gotta be some kind of feather in the hat for her. Yeah. You know what? It's funny, it's funny that we we get here to this point because I think that there's, like, artist. like I don't think a Grammy would have made her feel better. Like I think, I think the reason why she reminds me so much of Kurt Cobain is because Kirk Cobain had everything. Kirk Cobain lived through the point where he couldn't go to a liquor store to buy a pack of cigarettes anymore because he had so many people like kissing his ass now, telling him he's the greatest and all this stuff, and it it meant nothing to him. Like he he hated it, and um, I think she. But I think that he also kind of suffered from depression as well. Oh, but, you think? But uh, <laughs> but I think sh- that would have been the same thing. I don't think a Grammy or or being the next the female Bob Dylan or whatever like I don't think any of that would have really meant anything to her. I think that her her life took a course that was going to be unavoidable. Like it was just it was just going to go like whether she earned a million dollars and lived in a mansion or whatever it is. I think that you know, un untreated depression, like the way I think I don't want, I'm no doctor, but I think it very clearly feels like it's untreated depression. And like, it was going to go down that road regardless. Possibly. I mean, I say what I say, because it's just
0: like, as someone that, you know, we do, we've been doing this podcast for six years or whatever. It would be cool to like, know that like, Oh shit, like somewhere down the road or whatnot, right? Like that helps spawn something else and I'm not saying that would cure depression or make any difference or whatever, right? Uh, But I do think that, like, that would be that would be nice to see like yeah, that, yeah. all that hard work in the beginning. Cause all the pictures that you see of her, like she is like in the lab composing dude. and writing. Yeah. It wasn't just like off the fly, like, Oh, I'm on the street corner, you know, strumming, strumming random strings, whatever. Like, so she put like time and effort to it. Like just to, as an artist, like to have like that appreciation for your work that went unappreciated for a mm. long period of time, right. Decades, right. To finally like land in 2004. And like, even now, where people are finally giving a fuck, like that to me, I think it would be cool for her to see. Uh, another point that I wanted to bring up too, I know you we were talking about how like Philip was kind of like, just like, all right, like I'll respect her wishes. You have two older sisters. If one of them just like out of nowhere just disappeared,
1: mm-hmm. w-
0: I know for myself, like if one of my family members just disappeared, like yeah. I would at least want to like check in with them. Like, hey, like I don't want to bug you or whatnot. But I just want to make sure you're okay, right? Yeah. Like, would you want to do the same, or would you still play the backseat? Like, all right, I'll let you be alone out there in the wilderness. Yeah. Of this.
1: No, I mean it's it's different because obviously, like, it's 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 a different case altogether. Like, Correct. Like it's like, like, like where I am in my life and where my sisters are in their lives and like the uh, like it, it's completely different. Like for me, yes, of course, but it's like. I also haven't seen my sister go through like bouts and bouts of depression where she drops out of college and moves to New York and becomes a music musician, hanging out with the dude from Popeye and all this shit. (laughs) Like I haven't seen that like happen in their lives. And I could see how, you know, going through something as traumatic as she's going through at that time period, like losing her job and having that operation, all this stuff like, and they're just writing me a letter saying like, I just need to go away. Like, I could. I don't know. I could see how he would be like. I don't want to find out. I want. I the likelihood of her committing suicide seems pretty high. I don't mm-hmm. think she's out there like at ninety nine years old, living the Greenwich Village life where she's like working at a coffee shop or something. Like I'm pretty sure she might have committed suicide. Yeah. Like, and that's
0: why I say I think like he knows more than uh, he leads on to, to be or led on to because I don't yeah. think he's with us anymore. But. Um, because again, that was oddly specific what he said. Absolutely. And given everything that you just said, right? Like you you have two very successful sisters. If one of your sisters disappeared, like you know that they would be able to take care of themselves 100,000%, correct? But if you have a sister that struggled, I for me, for me personally, with all of that said, I would be like, I just need to check in to make sure you're okay. Do you need anything? I know you're gonna tell me no but just know that if you do need something i got you kind of thing or just to know like hey when you're
1: ready we're still here kind of thing I, and that's where i would be mhm yeah i don't i don't know i mean it it's tough again like that's you know i don't know i don't know cuz it's like the, i have no idea she was really intelligent she clearly needed her space I don't know. I, I have no idea. I that one I'm just gonna punt on that question just 'cause I I don't know. I don't know I am not in his in his I'm not in his shoes, I don't know. That's a that's a really tough one just because it's tough. Like it, it it's tough. Obviously for my sister it's different, like they have kids and stuff like that, like so yeah. if they disappear or something like that. But and like, you know, different people have different relationships with their family members and then then than I do, like so. It's it's pretty tough. Yeah, I would say like I have like friends and like that I've been close with that like disappear or whatever. And like I don't want to say like I'm just like eh whatever, but like I am kind of like eh whatever about it. Like like do what you got to do. Like you know, um, I'm not paying your bills. Like I'm not fucking fighting your fights. Like you're you're doing that on your own. That's I guess that's the closest I can I can get to. Mm. on that or like cousins and stuff. But again, I've never been close to my cousins or anything yeah. like I, had, for all I know, all my cousins are dead. Mike. But I only say your sister as
0: well, <laughs> because like it, apparently they were close kind of thing. Yeah. It, I mean, it would be different. Like, yeah, like I. apparently I have a half brother. I have two half brothers out there that I've never met. Like I wouldn't, uh-huh. you know, I don't, it doesn't make any difference for me, you know, if, if whatever happens, whatever. Right. But like for you, I know you and your family are pretty goddamn close. Like if this was to happen, like I would think like at least, There would be some kind of, like, just fishing line just to be like, hey, Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, personally, for me, yes, I would try to find out. Like, if my sister just randomly disappeared, yes, I would probably do everything I could to try to find her. Mm. Absolutely. But, again, that's just me. That's just, like, my case. I, You know, there's people that would say that about their friends or, like, cousins or something like that, and I wouldn't. Like, I don't care whatever is going on with my cousins like <laughs> or people that I used to know and like be friends with before like I don't care like I barely care about the people <laughs> that, <laughs> that are like like outside of like you and if feel like Ben like you know like there's like you know like six people that I'm like oh man if Ben went missing I'd probably like Repost <laughs> picture of Ben going. This is what he looked like off of Eddie's profile. Yeah, it's like this is what he looked like, and he was like really into the Dodgers, dude. So he might be wearing a Dodgers jacket or some goth boots. Yeah, he was trying to do a goth like, thing, so he may have like worn black that day. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> but I don't know if I would like drive to like, what's that bar they got to go to? The oh, Bam- Sinister. Sinister. i wouldn't to be like, guys, have you seen this man? He was he hung out here, or like I. I don't know, like I, I got too much shit going on, but like, like, but yeah, I mean, like, there's, man, I, I would do that for you, dog. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I kinda, I I'm kind of curious to see what sinister looks like, but yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm more, I'm, it's, t- it's tough because the reason I say I wouldn't do that, and it's like, I know you say you would do that, but in life, there's like one thing, like th- you have like 24 hours, right, and so every hour you spent searching for ben is an hour that you are away from like your like child and like your soon-to-be child and like yeah. all this stuff so it's like you say that i know you're you, coming with me I, I know you say that but it's like archie get your beetle <laughs> shirt but it's like but it's like the reality is like i'm thinking about it in the sense where it's like well how much like i would take time away from work like i would quit my job if my sister went missing correct like how much are you willing to do like that's how i feel about it it's like how much am i willing to do to to do this where it's like i i would be doing willing to do a lot for my sisters and for ben i'm not gonna quit my job i might go down there and be like yo like i know a lot of people in la anybody know candlelight vigil I would I would probably be there yeah but but it's like again it's like not something that I would be like <laughs> how much how much you know like I might miss the premiere of the next Mandalorian episode like I would I would do enough to care kind of thing but like not enough where it's like oh dude hey you've been missing like 3 days of work and like like that sort of thing like you know I you know be sucky but like you know Ben's been missing like I I, I got a day off coming up I might take a drive down there type of thing but yeah i'm not gonna like quit my job i don't expect people to like it sounds cool to say like yeah i'll do this but like no i I wouldn't i would not sacrifice time with my family who like you know like i wouldn't miss my mom's birthday for it kind of thing like which is in two hours yeah so like there's that sort of thing there's that element of it where it's like no like i it sounds beautiful to say but no so what I'm hearing is, is
0: if you were, if you were the real killer of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald <laughs> Goldman, like you wouldn't yeah, spend your time you're, you're, the rest of your life like OJ searching for the real killer.
1: Yeah, is, is that what OJ claims that he's still? Yeah, looking he's for Yeah, he's looking real for killer? the real killers. No, yeah, I but he's I'm I on his backstroke. Let me ask you this: like, all right, that's that's bullshit, dude. OJ, you did it. Now, now that I think about it, like you, you saying that just convinced me you did it, dude. Damn, because like <laughs> I was always like OJ didn't do it. Dude. It was probably his son. But the, him saying that—that's the most bullshit. That's the most guilty shit you could say. Like, like think about this. Like, we both have had ex-girlfriends. Like, think about your like longest relationship prior to the relationship you're currently in. Like, that girl—if that girl were like, oh, they found her stabbed to death, Jacob. Like, like would you be like, oh, dude, I gotta find my ex-girlfriend's killer or some shit? Like, probably not. Like, I don't—they didn't even have kids together. Like, they—yeah, they did. Nicole Brown—they yeah, had two. They, I had I thought he had kids from like a pr- previous marriage. Oh, you sure as fuck did, but yeah, he yeah he had he had two kids with Nicole mm-hmm. Nicole Brown Nicole Smisch Bosch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of it. Nope, name. not Nicole Smisch. Uh, but man, like that's I did not know that. Well, when we so do that, so maybe episode. never mind. Then yeah. then it changes everything. Okay, never mind. He's he's still out there looking for the killer. Not guilty. Yeah, on the on the golf course. Yeah, not not guilty, dude. OJ did not do it. You just sold me on it. I didn't know that they. I know he had kids from a previous marriage. I was aware of those and kids. Outside of marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I did not know still that. So it's
0: Chloe Kardashian, that's the rumor. That's his real child, not Oh. Yeah.
1: But anyways. Probably. Mm. Connie Converse, everybody. Connie Converse, check her out her music, guys. It's it's definitely worth the listen to. Yeah. It's the kind of music that in this weather right now, depending on where you are, at least in mm-hmm. California, it's kind of like gloomy, but still you can sit outside um and listen to her music it's it's very moody music which i like sometimes i don't sometimes sometimes i just like listen to static x <laughs> but,
0: but like but um <laughs> disturbs new record music yeah. six
1: i could never get i can't even like disturb ironically bro like i can't yeah. fuck with that like i can't even like
0: I, I i get i get i get uh embarrassed even when i put on that, Ooh, that yeah like,
1: i i can't even like it like that like like, at least, like, I'm trying to think, like, the cringiest thing that I could sometimes, like, be like, oh, this kind of fucking slaps is, like, every once in a while, I'll hear, like, a Papa Roach song, like, old Papa Roach like cut my life, and then it's, like, pfft, was like, alright, I'll, like, bob my head to this shit, you know, uh, but, like, that's corny, but I, somehow, like, still, like, it's alright, pop or uh, Disturb is just, like, dude, this is, like, some fucking, like, not good shit, dude, hmm. I cannot... I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. I don't fuck with it. Like not, n- not even ironically, like somebody <laughs> starts playing that shit at a party. I'm turning it off. Like, yeah. And it's funny. Cause I, I like so, like static X. I love static X too. Like I, static X slaps, bro. Like, but yeah, enough, <laughs> enough new metal talk, like Connie converse, converse, bro. <laughs> not my style of music that I
0: necessarily enjoy, but I will say I can appreciate the voice and the work that she put into her music and the fact that she laid the foundation for the singer-songwriter genre. So shout out to her and all that she did. If you're still alive, I'm gonna put it out there. I don't think your social security number has been marked or unmarked. If you're still alive, come
1: on the show. Yeah,
0: come on, man. I I, I can teach you how to zoom.
1: Come on the show and show us that you're still alive. We'll look for the real killer
0: yeah. <laughs> together. We'll
1: find Ben's real killer soon enough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, Art, you got anything right. else, man? No,
1: tell your mommy booby booed too. Shout out to Jackman, shout out to Warren. Uh, I don't know if I said it on the last episode, but again, congratulations to Eric and Elizabeth on their engagement or whatever. I don't know. They're getting married soon. They, he used to be on the podcast.
0: <laughs> the third. Uh, Holch, sh- there's no longer with us. But, um, anyways, guys, uh, speaking of no longer with us, guys, uh, <laughs> that's a weird transition. Uh, if you, if you have anything else uh, to add to this story or you just want to make a comment, we've been getting a lot of positive comments, like from people I've never interacted with before, Dude, like that on the Facebook. goth
1: episode, how, did, I, I got so nervous when we did that You've episode. have been getting good feedback that's, on that. That's good, man. I yeah. told you I went to the movie theaters that night and there was like some goth boy or girl i don't know i couldn't tell whatever gender it's 2023 dude gender binary yes yeah gender is like whatever dude Gender's a thing of the past but anyways they were like dude i love your shirt and i was like thank the you maha shirt yeah and i was like dude thank you so much like and then they said something like about like some something and i was like oh i was already walking away with my popcorn i was like thank you <laughs> and i was like Thank you for selling me this Hell, Satan. Yeah, I was like walking away. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so if you have any positive comments, because like I said, we've been getting a lot of positive comments, like on the YouTubes, on uh, Facebook, Instagram, DMs, all sorts of good stuff, which which means a lot to us, guys. Uh, if you want to do that, guys, hit us up on all the social medias, at Orange Jacob do America. Uh, as well as Twitter, we are at Art and Jacob One. Uh, it always feels good just to get some kind of feedback. Know who's listening to the podcast? Not the usual four or five people like Jordan or Nicole smith Bosch. Yeah. It's like all these like random faces or whatever and and whatnot making comments about episodes that we did a hundred episodes ago, three years ago and whatnot. Like that's that's cool to see our legacy. <laughs> Your
1: on. Valley and Thor episode is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta re-listen to that episode. Oh no, don't.
0: Uh, anyways, guys, if you want to help support this podcast anyway with whatsoever, guys, head on over to patreon.com slash Uh Donate $1, $2, three dollars $5, whatever have you, whatever, right? Uh, but every single week, we put together a bonus episode for you guys, a listening pleasure. And nine times out of 10, those bonus episodes are better than the actual episodes that you're hearing for free today. So if you like us here, you'll love us over there. Uh, if you want to support us in any other way, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the official website, at art, art and jacob do america.com uh follow the merch links where we have four different uh designs up there for your consumption pleasure uh and it's not so much to help us monetarily as we probably see 35 cents 40 cents i think we made a uh, a couple sales last week and it was like 80 cents or whatever and they bought like sweatshirts or some shit. uh but i don't care about all that what i care about is you wearing that out in the in the multiverse going to greenwich village uh, going to Hell's Kitchen, going to Harlem or whatever, right? You know, following the footsteps of Connie Converse. Uh, people seeing those uh, things and saying, hey, what's this Art and Jacob do America podcast? I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check out that Goth episode. I'm going to check out the Connie Converse episode or whatnot, right? Uh helps support us, gets us more listeners. You are a walking billboard. If you will, baby, to quote the great and late Dusty Rhodes. Uh, uh, but with that said, guys, if you want to hear other great podcasts, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to podbilly.com, where we are official members of the Podbilly Network. Check out our buddies over at the great and powerful Sofa King, as well as Hillbilly Horror Stories and Robots for Eyes. But with that said, Art, I'm done. Your mom's got a birthday party. i got go to go, go birthday to party. Tell Mama Trejo I wish her a very happy and lovely 49th birthday. I'll tell her
1: that. Yes. So with
0: <laughs> that said, guys, goodbye and good night.
1: Good night.